Hello, it's Danny Howell back again for another episode of Tales from Southern Indiana. Uh, as we move through the winter months and um, haven't really had uh, much snow out here in the east, but uh, in the Midwest, uh, they've been contending with it some. And uh, recall, uh, you know, in the, in the days of, uh, uh, you know, little kid era, uh, when there was a lot of snow and it was awful cold, then... You know, our, our, our mothers often made us wear two pairs of pants and, and maybe a coat with two sweaters so we could sort of barely walk. And um, it, it was, um, you know, the winter attire in school was um, yeah, pretty uniform. We all pretty much looked alike, uh, at least uh, the folks who could uh, afford to buy the kind of basic clothes. My brother, uh, who I've often talked about in these podcasts, now he, he, uh, he actually uh, had a friend who was um, stealing clothes from a clothing store on order. So you could actually give him an order of a particular type of clothing or shoes and size, and he would um, obtain that for you. And my mother, uh, not knowing what was going on, said at one point that you know, she used to buy my brother's clothes, but now she just lets him do it because he can get much better deals. At any rate, it made me think a little bit about, um, you know, what proper dress code there was. We mentioned this a little bit when we were talking about school dances, but I figure we might as well just dive um, headfirst into the whole notion of dress codes because this became a big deal on high schools, at least in southern Indiana, and I think elsewhere, after the era of uh, sort of protest nature clothing in the mid-late 60s. So by around 1970 and 71, the high schools out in the country were getting darn nervous about things. And um, they were, you know, they were somewhat, you know, reactionary in terms of how they responded to certain issues. There was a big case in Paoli, Indiana, in Orange, Orange County, again, just south of the county I grew up in. Back in 1971, um, there was a fella in school who had basically irritated the school administration um, more than a little bit. He had uh, written an editorial for the school paper about how the school should not and maybe even could not legally regulate the length of a student's hair and that uh, and it was banned from publication but he kept pestering them and eventually was allowed to read the article before the student body in the school's gym. And then he, he actually uh, he came together with a number of other students who made a survey of parent opinions whether girls should wear or could wear uh, slacks and pantsuits. You know, that was not acceptable either, as well as miniskirts, of course. And um, so what happened was the, uh, the school principal expelled him, expelled him indefinitely. And he said the reason that he did it was because the, the student's hair was too long. He, uh, he gave him a letter telling him he was expelled on the last day of school before Christmas vacation. <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas. And, um, and he said that, you know, he took that uh, extreme action toward him because he found out that uh, the student actually wasn't a resident of Orange County. And so he figured that he could, uh, he could maybe get away with tossing him out. But the Civil Liberties Union got a hold of it and threatened the lawsuit. And it was discovered that there actually was no dress code uh, in the school. It was just whatever the principal liked or didn't like. And that became a bit of a problem. The principal said, ultimately, though, he, he, he could come back 
And he wouldn't make him crawl on his hands and knees, but he would make him pay tuition at, at a public school. $600, just uh, quite a lot of money. Um, folks in the community got quite upset and actually offered to pay the money themselves. And um, this was, you know, this was just sort of an example of, uh, of things that, uh, you know, a lot of people got upset about in the sort of the older generation at the time. There were some regular debates about certain kinds of clothing that just kept, you know, coming up around that time period. The first thing was t-shirts. Now, was, were t-shirts outerwear or underwear? You know, administration thought they were underwear in a lot of schools, and so you couldn't wear them. Uh, what about Nehru jackets? Could could girls wear, I mean, again, th- these were silly to start with, but th- the question was, could girls wear a Nehru jacket as if it was a dress? Then there were the issues of sideburns and beards, which, I, you know, I, not only would you be expelled, I think, in my school if you had long sideburns and beards, you probably the, the, the school would take a small uh, uh, flamethrower and burn it off your face. I, I don't know. And, uh, and then, of course, the, there was concern about boys wearing things that seemed feminine to the school. So, love beads. They didn't want boys to wear love beads. I don't even remember what those are anymore, but the, the, the males couldn't wear love beads a lot. Or, in one particular school, if they, if they wore love beads, they could tuck them inside their shirts. I don't really know how that solves a problem. Uh, but the notion on the other side of the debate was that if men can wear ribbons around their necks and call them ties, then there's nothing wrong with beads. And I think, I think that probably was right. Culottes. Oh, a lot of fights about culottes. And this was kind of a split skirt. It really was like shorts that were made to look like a skirt. And they were banned all over the place. Uh, and sometimes they would be allowed if they came down to just above the knee or maybe all the way to the knee. Uh, you know, in my high school, Mitchell High School, they implemented a dress code in 1971, which was, again, where a lot of this stuff was happening. They made a video uh, to show to the kids and the parents uh, to uh, help them understand what they could not wear. They did have one, what they considered a pretty liberal rule. If the temperature was below 20 degrees, then girls could wear slacks. That was it. Otherwise, you know, uh, no culottes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now, up in Bloomington, where, you know, that was the big city to us, 100,000 people lived up there, for goodness sake, maybe. Um, in Bloomington, they had a fairly liberal approach uh, as early as 1970. The school board decided that the dress code would, you know, would ban bare feet and bikinis and otherwise leave everything up to the parents. So bikinis and bare feet, that, was, that took care of, you know, the, the fundamentals for them. Everything else was left to the parents. And uh, one of the local ministers responded to it by saying that as a result of the new policy, the board will now only have to answer to God. So a lot of, lot of debate about that that we don't see, you know, anymore in the modern era uh, for sure. And it's probably all for the best. Um, you know, some of the clothing, the, the, one of the things that dress codes didn't do is ban just silly clothing. Um, or it seemed silly to me at different times. I don't know if you remember leisure suits. They were all polyester suits. You didn't wear them in high school, but they became a big deal in the sort of early mid-70s, and they were not particularly attractive looking, I thought, but uh, nevertheless popular. Dingo boots. Now, dingo boots, of course, today are, you know, can be very fine fashion. They're quality Western boots, what have you, but kids wore them. 
And a lot of times the dress codes wouldn't allow you to wear boots. Um, and I'm not sure exactly why. They were considered, I guess, some kind of casual clothing. Um, when I was in high school, we did kind of get away with Nehru jackets, although uh, the difficulty with Nehru jacket was we often felt quite silly uh, if no one else was wearing a Nehru jacket. You know, part of the concern was, again, in southern Indiana, as we've talked about, it was important generally not to stand out. And if you were, you know, a, a kid in high school, you might decide that you wanted to stand out occasionally, but, you know, your parents would be awful nervous about it, and, and you might be too. Um, because again, you know, standing out meant uh, that folks might have certain expectations of you that you might not really feel comfortable trying to live up to. So there's a few, you know, a few things that were going on back then. I thought I would leave you with this particular episode with something that actually did not involve uh, a dress code, but nevertheless involved a school responding to behavior that they considered um, uh, improper generally. And the behavior, the behavior was chewing gum. And this actually is an article in 1911 uh, from my uh, the camp, paper at the county seat, Bedford, Indiana. And, and the headline says, Teacher Uses Chair on Offending Pupil. And this is in an effort to maintain discipline in a high school. Uh, this is actually not a high school in southern Indiana, but folks in southern Indiana were quite taken with this story, apparently. Um, the principal, not just a teacher, it says a principal, broke a chair on the head and shoulders of a student named Ralph um, for breaking rules involving gum chewing. So the, 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 uh, the student had been chewing gum and he'd been told to stop, uh, and uh, he was 14 years old, apparently. He said he was one of the worst gum-chewing offenders in the school. He repeated the offense in spite of strict orders, and the principal started out reasonably. He didn't start out hitting him with a chair. He started out slapping him in the face. So he, he slapped him in the face two or three times, and the boy kept chewing the gum. So he didn't knock the gum out of his mouth. Apparently, that might have been a point. Uh, that he was trying to, you know, to, to get across. So instead, he picked up a chair, swung it on the boy, and hit him a couple of times with it, and he would have hit it more often, but the chair broke. You know, the quality of chairs in the schools was often uh, not up to par. And so the, the chair broke, and the father of the boy didn't take all that kindly to this. He swore out a warrant for the principal's arrest. Um, now, again, I don't know whether this had an impact on gum chewing. I actually quite definitely recall that gum chewing was prohibited uh, in school when I was in high school, although I don't remember anybody getting hit with a chair over it. Um, I believe that you had to, well, the, the worst thing, if you, if, if you had a teacher who really was kind of uh, on the, the uh, extreme side of punishment, they would make you swallow the gum, which seems dangerous. Uh, you know, don't do that. Um, and. Um, I think, you know, at the end of the day, we, we found out that when we left high school that there really weren't dress code restrictions in other aspects of our life, maybe work, obviously, but, you know, those of us who, who made it up to college, uh, it was a whole, uh, you know, open season for, um, uh, for dress codes. I think that the concerns of the school had to do, obviously, first of all, with um, clothing that they considered to be provocative. That was a big no, generally. And clothing that uh, they would find, uh, well, here, the, the, in, my, in my own high school, 
Um, they said they didn't want you to wear clothing that was offensive to the school. Again, that was one of these open-ended things. The principal could just apply however they wanted to. And, and clothing that was dangerous. They're like, you know, again, I don't know what they're talking about here. Maybe you could wear clothing made out of porcupine skins, and that might be dangerous. I wonder if that's ever been done. Well, anyway, a few random thoughts uh, and, uh, and a theme that's been continuing here, which really was, at least at the era of when I was growing up in southern Indiana, kind of a tussle that went on for a number of years between well, the folks who had to be concerned about regulating social behavior uh, amongst the young people and, uh, and the young people's natural inclination to rebel. And I suppose we survived all of that. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, modern times tell us that we'd sure rather be worrying about whether people could wear culottes than the things we have to worry about otherwise now. And so a lot of what we do uh, in the podcast is kind of wander back into a simpler uh, and, and I think in many ways kinder era, where while there was conflict, it wasn't the sort of thing that anybody was going to be traumatized for life over, hopefully. As always, we sure appreciate you being with us, and uh, please be uh, you know, safe and uh, have a great rest of the winter, and we'll talk to you soon.